Good morning, church. How y'all? Y'all. Ooh, it's going to be good today. It's going to be good. Y'all, from, from the time praise and worship started, I mean, could you just feel the atmosphere shift? I mean, like, you can feel it when the Holy Spirit just walks in the room, you know. I don't know what people's come here with today, but the goal is today you don't leave with that same thing that come in binding you. Um, you know, I heard a person say one time that a gift can fill a room. A gift can, can make all y'all laugh. Well, y'all, I don't care about my gift. It's easy to get up here and talk in front of y'all. Like, it comes out easy, but the preparation and all that, that part's not easy. That part's pretty dang hard. But I don't want the gift. I want the anointing. The anointing is what breaks the chains off of people's lives. And that's what, that's what I want today. I, I want to see God move in a powerful way. Um, if you're here with us, this is your first time. I'm sorry it's me and not Pastor Clint. But come back. He'll be here next week. Um, but today, before we even get started, I got a buddy. And he was supposed to be here today. Um, I told him weeks in advance that I was speaking. He was going to come. Well, anyways, his aunt, she ended up, um, she has cancer. And he's, uh, she lives in Canada, so he had to leave earlier this week on a flight. And um, I was texting this morning, talking with him. And I told him, I said, man, I said, we're going to pray for your aunt today as a church. And um, if they're watching on Facebook Live, hey, man, this is, this is for you and your aunt. Church, we're finna pray. I want y'all to pray with me. Everybody stand up on your feet. Y'all grab the hand beside you. Well, we're fisting to pray, and I want y'all to stand in agreement and believe with me on, on what Jesus can do. Father God, we thank you for today. Father God, I thank you for T.P.'s aunt, Father, that even though I don't know her name, Father, I thank you that you know exactly who she is, Father. You know the number of hairs on her head, Father, that, that you knew her before she was even, even created, even thought of, Father. And I just thank you that, that right now that healing is manifesting in her body, Father God. We apply the blood of Jesus the blood that not only took away our sin, but also our sickness, Father God. And we just apply that blood from the top of our head to the soles of our feet, Father God. And we just thank you now. We stand in agreement with your word and with your power that, that she's cancer-free, Father God, that she's healed, Father. That her transgressions, her inequities, her sickness, her sin, all that was put on your back, and you paid that price, Jesus. Father, we thank you for what you're going to do in that life. And we thank you for the testimony that's going to come out of not just her, but her whole family, Father God. In Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. It's all right. I start to clap. Hey, real quick, guys. Go ahead and tell y'all right off the rip. Talking to all y'all for the next 35 minutes is a lot easier if you'll talk back. Kenny Lars tried to tell y'all last week, saying amens like sick to a bulldog. I like that statement. Bo, can't you agree with that? A bulldog tear them up every now and then. Not the George Bulldogs, because the tide, the tide kind of just keeps rolling over them, if you know what I mean. But, um... My man right there. I feel like Paul. I'm going to get beaten drug out of here today. <laughs> but um, I was talking with Pastor Clint. We were talking about um, a series coming up. And uh, it's, next week starts Encounter with, Encounter with Jesus. And um, I was thinking about all the things I want to talk about. And Blind Bartimaeus was just, he was stuck on my heart. And I'm like, Blind Bartimaeus, you know, so. I was trying to think of one-liners, how I could open talking about him. I was like, you know, there was this blind man, right? And I'm like, no, nope, that's a rap song. I can't lead off of that. And um, so I was going through all these different routes, and I was thinking about encounters with Jesus. And I got to thinking, I felt the Holy Spirit say, Cam, what about your encounter with Jesus? I'm like, all right, God. I know that story pretty dang well. Um, so today, y'all, I want to share my story with y'all. I want to share how Jesus Christ has changed my life. 
I know there's a lot of y'all in here that know me. Y'all know of me, but y'all don't really know me. Does that make sense? And that's cool, because there's a bunch of y'all. I, I don't even know a bunch of y'all's names. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. I love y'all, but I love name tag month even more, because that tells me who you are. It tells me what your name is. So don't feel bad that you don't really know me, that you just know of me, because there's a bunch of y'all. It's the same way. I just know of y'all. So, um, I mean, y'all know my name. Hey, I'm Cam. I'm Cam Wiggins. Nice, nice to meet y'all. Um, y'all, this is my hometown. This is Sylvania. I'm, I'm a Gamecock through and through. Um, I don't know why I said Gamecock. That was pretty stupid. But um, I love Sylvania. I love the people in Sylvania. I love the small town atmosphere. I love that what you do on a Tuesday will be totally transformed and misword by everybody in the county on a Saturday. That's the way it works, you know. It just kind of keeps going. Our story keeps changing. But um, I love Sylvania. And um, like I say, from the time I can remember, this was my church. I've been here. Clint's told y'all I was, I was bigger around as I was tall. Y'all, I was so big, my eyes were fat. That's just that's the way I was. And, um, but my whole life has been in this church. Y'all ain't supposed to laugh at that, man. I got issues with that, and y'all just laugh at me. But, um, but no, today I, I just want to talk about my story and, you know, my beginning and where it all started. And I felt the Holy Spirit lay something on my heart one time uh, earlier this week. And he said, there's power in your past. I'm like, what does that even mean? Power in your past. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought about it, it took me to Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. And it's talking about your testimony. And it says, they triumphed over him. They're talking about the devil. That's how you beat the devil. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. There's power in your past. Mr. Bill Watkins taught me that your history is his story. It's all in the same word. Your history is his story. So I'm going to tell you the story about what he did for me. And I believe that we as Christians, the, the verse says it, that by the power of the blood of Jesus, by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of your testimony, that's how you defeat the devil. Let's pray real quick. Father God, I thank you for today. Father God, I thank you for what you're doing. Father God, I thank you that, that the blood that was poured out for us covers us, Father God. It cleanses us. And gives us the power to, to stand up here in, in boldness and declare your word. And declare just how good you are. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place today. Anoint my lips. Let everything that I say be straight from you, Jesus. That it's not, it's not just my words, but it's you speaking through me, Father God. I pray that you open the ears for everybody to hear you today. And open everyone's hearts to receive you today. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. I got a little ahead of myself. Uh, I've started telling my story before I even prayed. But, um... But like I say, I was raised in this church. This is my hometown. This is what I love. And from the time I can remember, yo, my parents, it didn't matter if you had a boo-boo on your arm. We're going to pray about it. I'm blessed to say I, I was raised in a godly home. I mean, from the time I was little, Jesus was number one. My whole life I grew up, I knew who Jesus was. I knew all about the stories in the Bible, the miracles he performed. I knew what he did on the cross for us. I mean, I knew all that stuff. And... I can say I'm just a, a good old church kid. Our high school football coach used to call us all SOBs. He said that stood for sweet old boys. I'm going to take his word for it. I don't believe him, but I'm going to take his word for it. But, um, I mean, you know, this is the Bible Belt. Live how you want to Monday through Saturday. You better be in church on Sunday. That's the way people are down here. I'm not saying that way is right at all, but, y'all, that's just the way it is down here. But my whole life, like I say, I've always been in church, I've been around church, but I've always had a heart for people. 
I just like people. I remember walking in, in Walmart with friends and stuff. I speak to every person I come by. And I've had a friend tell me, why do you do that? You don't have to talk to everybody. I like to talk to people. I'm going to say, hey, how are you? That's about all I got. Don't try to go in great detail with my story because I'm a one-liner and I get on out the way. But that's just the way I am. But I love people. I like to talk to people. Um, well, growing up, I wasn't a bad kid. I ain't got no old teachers in here, though. They might say otherwise. But I was never like a bad kid. I would get in trouble for talking too much. And there were sometimes I was just flat out disrespectful to teachers. And I've, I've talked to them and apologized to them. And we've made things right. We're on good terms now. But uh, I was sneaky. I was real sneaky, like a feather little snake. I was sneaky. <laughs> the young people got that. I like that. But uh, I remember being little, and my mama told me a story because I don't remember it, and I think she might be lying because I don't see myself doing this because I'm an angel. But says she was in the kitchen cooking, and all of a sudden I start screaming bloody murder. And she runs in there, what's wrong? My brother hit me, and then he run off to his room. Well, mama goes in there, and where's my brother's rear end out? He shouldn't have hit me. Well, a little bit later, she hears the same thing, and she peeks around the corner, and I'm sitting in the living room by myself watching TV, and I'm screaming that he's beating on me. Or guess who got the whooping that time? But uh, my whole life, I've been sneaky. And it makes no sense when you're, when you're a teenager and you think you're smarter than your parents because it's, it's like you can fool them because they didn't do the same things you did. You know what I mean? Teenagers, youth, you're not that smart. Your parents are a whole lot smarter than you give them credit for. But... um. But that sneakiness, that, that's always kind of followed me. And I remember in high school, um, my sophomore year, I started hanging out with some seniors on the football team. And I wanted to do what they did. And they started going to parties, and, and they started drinking. And I, I just wanted to be cool. I wanted to fit in with them. I wanted to gain their acceptance. And uh, so I started going to parties with them and drinking. And this is a side note right here. If you've got to teach yourself to like the taste of something, what's the point in that? That don't make no sense, if you ask me. But I kept doing it, and before long, I liked the taste of it. And um, there were so many times I'd tell Mama, hey, I'm going to stay at so-and-so's house. And she just, Cam's a good boy. Oh, innocent Cam. He ain't going to do nothing wrong. And I'd tell her I was one place, and I'd be someplace totally different. And I enjoyed that lifestyle. I enjoyed going out. I enjoyed drinking. I enjoyed the, the party life. And um, those guys, they graduated, moved on, and in a the drinking kind of started then, but it didn't stop when they left, if that makes sense. And, you know, it's not like I was an alcoholic. It's not like I had to have it. But when I went to a party, I enjoyed drinking. I had one goal. I was going to get as drunk as I could, as fast as I could. That's the way you had fun. That's the way I thought you were supposed to have fun. You had to get drunk. You had to do all that. Well, coming into my senior year of high school, we were standing right up here. I know I've shared bits and pieces of my testimony. I shared the full one like four years ago. If y'all went in here, raise your hand. If it's your first time ever hearing the full story. Okay. But I say, golly, all y'all was here. I know some of y'all went in here four years ago. Um, but anyways, I was standing right up here, and they were praying for the kids. And, and uh, Pastor Mark come by, and he was, he was praying as he went back to school. And he got to me, and he stopped, and he put his hand on my head. And he said, Cam, he said, I feel like God's going to use you to bring people to, to Jesus Christ. I feel like he's going to use you to go out and grow his kingdom. And my exact thought was just sitting there like, all right, you know, you're praying for me, that's cool. But you don't know the real me. That was my thought. You don't know the real me. Because if he knew the way I was living, the things I was doing, there was nothing in my life that pointed people back to Jesus. Well, a few weeks after that, 
it was time uh, to elect a captain for the football team. And me and Ed Burns, we got elected captains. And I was like, well, dang, you know, maybe, maybe there is some leadership potential here, something like that. And uh, it wasn't long after that, me and a buddy, um, we went and got some weed. And we started smoking weed. And it wasn't, wasn't like an every single day thing. And it, it wasn't like an every weekend thing at first. And then it started getting more and more where it was all the time. And when it become like every weekend, I was like, you know, we got to, we got to kind of back out. Like, I'm not, I'm not in that lifestyle. I don't want to do it like that. I got to go home. It's hard to, to act straight with your eyes and all that and go home to your parents when, you, when you're high. I'm being, I'm being transparent right now, people. And um, so anyways, it become every, about every party we would go to, there was always a group of us. And it started out with just me and this guy. And then we'd talk it up with our friends, and, and a little bit more would come, and a little bit more. And I remember at one part, there was two truckloads of people went out to a cornfield just so we could smoke. And I look back now. I can see it now. But I look back at, at what was prophesied over my life standing right there, that I was supposed to lead people to the cross, that I was supposed to lead people to Jesus. And instead of leading them to Jesus, I was leading them to basically a path of self-destruction. Listen, try this, man. So much better than drinking. It's so much quicker. You'll love it. Basically like recruiting people to try it. But back then, I was living for the moment. I, 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 was, living, I was living for the, the next big thing, the next rush. And I'm going to tell you all this now. The devil isn't stupid. He knows what God has planned for you. He knows the calling that's placed on your life. And he's going to do whatever he can. He's referred to in Scripture as the father of all lies. He's going to feed your head with so much crap. He's going to get whatever he can do to get in your path to get you away from where God's called you to be. That's free. We'll take up offering later. But, um, but I could see that I had an influence on people at, at, in, in high school. And, and now when I look back, I'm like, some of those guys, some of them's in prison now. One of them's in prison now. And I just think back and I almost feel guilty. I'm like, what if I would have done what God called me to do? And during praise and worship, I was sitting right there. And I was just thinking about how good God is. And that song was to me how we can hide in his name. And I'm not knocking that song at all. Don't get it twisted. But my thought was, I hid for 20 years. I don't want to just hide. I, I, I want to kind of stand out right here beside God and say, whatever's coming, I'm right here for it. Because I got somebody at my back that has my back no matter what. I'm tired of hiding. I'm ready to step out for the kingdom. I'm ready to step out and do what God's called me to do. But like I say, everything that I was doing was just opposite of, of what I was called to do, of what, what was prophesied over my life. Well, I will say this. This is a side note. In September of 2009, this September will be 10 years, I was going to football practice, and there was this pretty blonde-headed girl standing in my spot. Well, when you see a pretty girl standing in your spot, you got to talk to her. That's just the way it works. So I walked over. I said, hey, I'm Cam. She said, I'm Gentry. Rest is history. Monday will be two years of our anniversary. But y'all give it up for that girl right there. But um, no, seriously, y'all. She kept me out of a lot more trouble than I could have got in. She kept me level-headed. Um, I remember a bunch of times when I wanted to skip school with everybody else. She was a junior, and she couldn't leave, so I had to stay there with her. But thank God for those days. Um. But like I say, after I graduated, the whole party scene, it kind of, it didn't necessarily fade out, but it wasn't all the time like it was in high school. 
But um, there was always drinking. And like I say, once again, it wasn't like we were wake up, drink, like drink all day. It wasn't like that. But there was always alcohol somewhere, and it felt like you kind of kind of had to have it. Like if you had people over, if you was gonna sit up till two o'clock playing Uno, it's like you had to you had to have some, you know. And um, anyways, that's the inside joke. The two people it's meant for got it though, and I like that. Um, but uh, he's like, what's Uno? <laughs> I hit you with that draw four. You'll never see it coming. But um, there was times in my life and and the drinking and all that and. Y'all, there was times I'd come into this church. Back then, church started at 9.30. And I remember one morning, I had my last drink at, at 7.30 that morning. And I walked in, and I sat right there about where y'all were sitting. Drunk as a skunk. And I tell y'all that to tell y'all this. Now, I'm not sitting out there drunk anymore. Now, I'm standing up here telling you how God changed my life. I'm here to tell you today that there is hope for your life. That, that it's not over. As long as everybody do this, that's another chance. That's another moment to receive God's grace. It's, it's not over for your life. Like I said, I'm not proud of the things that I've done, but I'm not going to hide it. I want to be transparent. I want to let you know that the things you're going through, if you've had struggles with this, I'm going to tell you what I've had struggles with, because I believe that's how there's power in your past, because the things that I've dealt with, some of you may be going through that right now. And if that's you, I want y'all to come talk to me today when it's over, or, or, or Find somebody that's been through the same thing, and I promise you, we will get through this. But towards the end of 2012, um, me and some buddies, we went to Statesboro, and we were, gonna, we were going to a bar there, and we were going to have some drinks. Well, have you ever had a time where one drink led to two drinks, and two led to six? And I don't want to say that many. I'm just painting the picture. But anyways, it, it got way out of hand way fast. And... The guy come up with an idea. He said, hey, I got this drug. It's a lot more powerful than weed. He said, do you want to try it? I said, why not? That sounds like a plan. Let's go for it. Well, we ended up partaking of this thing. And uh, that next morning, I was supposed to meet Jen because I was going to church with her and Millen that next Sunday or that next day. And I drove home that morning. It was probably around 6, 7, something like that. And I was drunk and high as a kite. And I said, there is no absolute way I can get up and go to church with her. So anyways, I went to my house. And um, that's me and a buddy was living together at the time. And we went to the house. And I slept it off. And I woke up that afternoon. And uh, when I tell y'all that I felt guilty, that really don't touch the way that I felt. It was like I knew that I knew that I knew that there was nothing in, in me that could it was worthy of forgiveness. That God could not forgive what I'd done. Has anybody ever felt that hopeless feeling before? Y'all, that is a scary place to be in. That's when the devil can get you. When you feel like there's no hope. There's no way. There, there's no... All I see is Friday. I can't see Sunday. That's a scary place to be in in your life. So I'm like, well, there's no hope for me. Why should I go to church? So I just backed out of church altogether. And like I say, the whole time before all this happened, I didn't miss church. This is the Bible Belt. We would do whatever on the weekdays and the weekends, but we was always in church Sunday. But when this happened, I'm like, there's no way I can go to church. And that is scary, scary, scary place to be in. And um, Jensen's granddaddy, Mr. John, he stayed on me about going to a wild game supper in Millen. And I'm like, I'm not going to that. I don't want to go to church. I want nothing to do with church. I'm not, I'm not going. 
stayed on me, stayed on me, stayed on me. I just, I wouldn't ever give him an answer. And finally, just he'd shut up and leave me alone about it. I was like, all right, I'll go with you. I have a hard time telling people no. Don't take advantage of asking me to do stuff because I might just tell you, you know, you might be the first. But um, anyways, we went to this dinner and I get there and I got my dad to go with me. And anyways, we get there and he's talking and uh, he's talking about how surprised you'd be with your life if you just let God use you. Plain and simple. Simple, dry-cut message. Be willing. Let God use you. He can move mountains with you. And um, I'm like, man, everything he was saying, boom, 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 boom. You ever had a message like that where you knew like everything he was saying was just for you? There might have been a hundred-something people there. I wasn't worried about them because I knew God was taking the time to talk to me that night. See, anyways, he makes the altar call. Well, I said, I'm not going down there in front of these people. I don't know these people. They don't know me. I'm not going down there. So I stood right there in the pew. And y'all, it's so cool because last week I got to go back to the spot this happened. I got to tell them all the story. It all come full circle. It was cool. But I sat right there at the pew. And I said, God, I've lived 20 years Cam's way. And it ain't working. I said, I'm hurting. I'm lost. I'm broken. I need you. Felt good. I remember going to youth camps as, as a youngin, and, and I'd get saved, you know. Well, if you didn't get saved like three times a year, were you even a Christian? You know what I mean? <laughs> but I'd prayed that prayer so many times, and, and I've asked forgiveness so many times, and I did it that night, and I was like, man, I feel, I feel good about myself. You know, I feel different. And uh, they started doing door prizes, and Mr. David Wheeler was his name, and He's got his, I don't know if it was a hat, some kind of box or something. He's got these names in it. And uh, he holds up a Bible, and one guy gets a Bible, and he holds up another Bible. And I'm just sitting there looking at that Bible, and I just, I felt something in my spirit. Sometimes I can just call stuff. I'm not, not like a psychic thing, but like, just like that morning I went hunting and text you. I said, hey, I'm going to kill that deer this morning. And I went and killed the biggest deer I ever killed. Like, sometimes I just feel stuff. And I'm sitting there, I'm looking at that Bible. And I, I said, all right, God, if I'm going to spread the word, I got to know the word. How about that Bible right there? Brother David reached in that hat, pulled it out. He said, Cam Wiggins, be careful what you ask for, ladies and gentlemen. That lip rolled up, and I walked down there, and I got my Bible, and I come back, and I sat at my seat, and my eyes just watered up, and uh, I didn't tell nobody what had happened. I just sat there, and I was, I was just thinking about, man, the God of the universe, the God that placed every star in that sky, just took the time to sit there and talk to me. To just sit there and answer me. And y'all, this is coming from a place where I felt like I had no hope. Where there was no way I could be forgiven. And then he stops what he's doing just to talk to me. Just to show me, I got you. I love you. You're not forgotten about. Same ways I got that Bible and uh, it was over. And I went, got in truck with daddy. And y'all, I started sobbing. And when I say sobbing, if y'all went to my wedding, y'all know what I'm talking about. Because I'm an ugly crier when I really break it loose. It was the sucking snot like just... I don't know how I was driving. And I told Daddy every single thing I had ever done. I told him all about how uh, I reminded him when Pastor Mark prophesied over my life to lead people to the cross. And I told him how I was leading people to drugs and things that, that weren't good for him. And I, I mean, I don't know. I probably lost 20 pounds of water weight that night crying. But, and Daddy, he sat there. And y'all, like I say, my dad's my hero. He, he's, he's. The man in my eyes. And the whole time I just cried my eyes out and told him what was going on, he just sat there listening, listening, listening. And as soon as I quit, 
He taught me about grace. And he taught me. He taught me about my past. How it's wiped clean under the blood of Jesus. How it's a fresh start under the blood of Jesus. And the other day when Pastor uh, Kenny spoke, the, the, the verses that he were using, and this is what kind of, when I thought about this week, solidified that I talk about this today, is that the verses he used are the same verses my dad taught me in that truck that night. Dad taught me about Psalms 103, verse 12, that he has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. He talked about Micah 7, verse 19, which says, Once again, you will have compassion on us. You will trample our sins under your feet and throw them into the depths of the ocean. And I, I say this all the time, and I'm going to say it again. Isaiah, it's Isaiah 43, verse 25. This is at NNLT. He says, I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake. Whose sake right there? For your sake? For his sake. So he ain't got to remember it no more. I will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. Just how I was talking earlier about how we used to go to uh, youth camp and, and you, you'd repent for the same thing. How many times have you repented for the same sin? Bukoodles of time. Am I the only one in here? Why do you keep going back to God repenting for something that he's already forgiven you four years ago? He's like, why do you keep reminding me of this? I've done forgot about it. That sin is cast as far as the east is from the west. It's in the depths of the ocean. And this is the part I want to talk about in uh, Isaiah 43, 25. He says, I will never think of them again because they are blotted out. You remember, teachers, y'all know what I'm talking about. You got the white out and you mark through stuff and it covers it up. Well, y'all, I tell it all the time. Jesus takes that nail-pierced hand and he squeezes that thing. And the blood of the lamb that was sacrificed for your sin, that puts your sickness and your transgressions, your iniquities on his back, and that blood flows down. And all that sin that is written on that piece of paper is starting to get blotted out by the blood of Jesus. Y'all, that's what Jesus has done for you. You are saved by the blood of the lamb. You are forgiven by the blood of the lamb. You know, when people say Jesus loves me, it sounds cliche. He really loves you. You ever had a moment uh, with your wife or with your husband? It's like you just can't get enough of them. It's like you can't hold them tight enough. You, you can't kiss them enough. Married people, if y'all ain't feel like that, I don't even go counseling or something, I reckon. I don't know. But like, I feel like Jesus is so much more than that. He, just, he can't get enough of you. He wants everything you've got. He wants every bit of energy you've got. Everything you say needs to point people to him. Everything you do needs to point people to him. He has paid it all for you because he loves you. But the thing is, the devil, that danged old devil, he don't want you to know that. He don't want you to know that you're forgiven, that you're set free, that the gates of that jail cell have been busted wide open, that when you speak the name of Jesus, that the prison that you were sitting in starts shaking. He don't want you to know that because if he can hold you in fear, if he can hold you in condemnation, he can win. Y'all, I'm here today to encourage somebody. I'm here today to let you know that you don't have to keep sitting in that prison cell that the door's off of no more. You are free to step out in the name of Jesus. You are free to leave your crap behind you in the tomb and walk out because he rose on the third day. Give God a great shout of praise in this place today. <laughs> Hallelujah. The devil don't want you to know that Romans chapter 8 verse 31 through 39 says, We finna crank it up. I finna read it. Y'all hold on. We finna go. If God is for us, who can be against us? 
He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Don't worry. I'll wait. Who's going to bring that? Who's going to bring that charge? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? Uh-uh. No one. Christ Jesus who died more than that was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Thank you, Jesus. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship, persecution or famine, nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Verse 37 no, no, no. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, no height, no depth, no anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is Christ Jesus our Lord. Where's the condemnation at in that? You are free. Do I need to read it again? Oh, you didn't like that. Who said that? You didn't like that. I apologize. No, I ain't, I ain't sorry for that. He don't want you to know that you are free from what Jesus has done. He wants to hold you under his thumb. He wants to keep you living in fear. But y'all, he's going to keep telling y'all, you're not good enough. You, you can't do it. Every time I go to speak, those thoughts run through my mind. You're not good enough. You can't do it. And I've told y'all this before, but back in high school, I wanted to make people laugh, whatever it took. If I knew it was going to hurt, if I knew something bad was going to come out of it, I'd do it anyway. And it would always start out with, hey, y'all, watch this. So now when the devil tries to tell me what I can and can't do, I say, hey, devil, watch this. I'm going to get out here and tell him about the blood of Jesus Christ and how he set me free. It ain't about me. And I think we all need to grasp that. It's not about you. Is anybody in here that the world revolves around you? If so, I'm sorry, because it don't. It's not about you. It's all about what's already been done. It's about the price that was paid at Calvary. Y'all, that leveled the playing field. The blood that run down that cross, that's what it's all about. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. It's all about Jesus. You know, there's a bunch of people in my life that have done a bunch of good things for me. But there ain't but one that's paid my debt. There ain't but one name that I call on in times of trouble. There ain't but one name that paid the total price for me. That's who it's all about. It's all about Jesus. That's how I can stand up here today and tell y'all what's happened in my life and how I'm changed, how I'm not who I used to be. And it's all because of the blood of Jesus. You know, when we started this thing, I told y'all, a bunch of y'all just know of me. You don't really know me. That's cool. I told y'all that was fine. I told y'all how about I grew up in church. About I knew the stories I knew, I knew what he did at the cross. I knew the miracles. But I never really knew Jesus. But I'll tell y'all something. That night, at the end of 2012, when I was sitting in that church, in the middle of all my brokenness, in the middle of just feeling lost, feeling hopeless, I met Jesus Christ. And my life ain't never been the same. I don't just know of him now. I know him. I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And the thing about Jesus is, he's no different for me than he is for you. It's personal with every single one of you. It's a personal relationship. You know, I hate when people say, he was a religious person. 
I don't want to be religious. Religion hung Jesus on a cross. It's about relationships. I want people to say, he has a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want people to look at my life and say, his life points to Jesus. That's what the end goal is, y'all. I want everything I do to point somebody back to Jesus. But I know him now. You know, whatever it took to make people laugh, I would do. I, I wanted to fit in. I wanted everybody to like me. Nobody wants to be disliked. Nobody wants to be, you know, made fun of or anything like that. I wanted to be friends with everybody, and I wanted to fit in. And looking back, I didn't even know myself. I knew a, a cam that wanted to fit in with people, that wanted to please people, and what I was living for was the world. And you can't live for the world and live for Christ. It don't work that way. And the, the, the further I was chasing the world, the further behind I was leaving Jesus. Y'all, that ain't the way it works. You can keep going this way all you want to, but you're leaving the best thing that's ever happened to you right there. That's not the way it works. And I lived all that time fighting and for acceptance and wanting to belong uh, by, by people's standards. And the whole time I was wanting acceptance, Jesus is right behind me saying, you're already accepted. You're already wanted. You're already cherished. You're already loved. And I couldn't hear it because all I wanted was everybody else's acceptance. So what I'm trying to tell y'all is, until I knew Jesus, I didn't know Cam. But now that I know Jesus, I know who I am in Jesus Christ now. Romans chapter 3 verse 24 tells me that I'm justified. I'll say this all the time, and I'm going to keep saying it because the truth don't change. Justified is just like you're saying, justified never sinned. I'm justified. His blood has set me free. I have a clean slate. Your past is forgotten. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Because it tells you that the old is gone and the new has come. I, I preach this all the time. I love this verse. The old is gone. The new has come. So when the devil tries to tell me, you know, you can't do that. Look at your life. You can't tell people about Jesus. Well, maybe the old cam couldn't. But this ain't the old cam no more. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 12, it tells me I can come with freedom and confidence into God's presence. I can boldly run to him. You know, when we walk into my mom and dad's house, we always, you introduce yourself, yee -hoo! That's just what we do. My nephews and my niece, when they walk in, they know you holler yee -hoo. They ain't got to knock. They ain't got to, to wait for permission to come in. You can boldly run in there. Y'all, Yo, you are a child of God. Y'all laughing, you got youngins, don't you? They, they just come running in the house, don't they? That's the way it works. You can boldly run to the throne room. You can boldly go to God, wrap your arms around his neck, tell him what's going on. Band, y'all come on up. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 says, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. If I were to tell you today, that you were holy and blameless before God, what would you think? My thought was there's no way you can consider me holy and blameless. No way. Look at what I've done. No way I'm holy and blameless. But here's the beauty of this. We as humans could never achieve this on our own. The reason we are holy and blameless before God is because Jesus took the wrath, the punishment that we deserve, and he took it all and put it on himself. He paid the ultimate price for you and for me. 
And because he was without sin, holy and blameless, the grave couldn't hold him. And when he arose, darkness ran for cover, y'all. Because the king of kings, he walked out of the tomb and he, he reclaimed his throne. He took his spot on the throne. And because I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I'm clothed in his righteousness. And it's because of his righteousness that I can stand before God holy and blameless. I was an inmate sitting on death row waiting on the punishment. Waiting on, on my sentence to be carried out. And because of what Jesus Christ did, he walked in there, took me by my hand, and he swapped seats with me. Just let that sink in for a second. The Bible says that, that the wage of sin is death. If you sin one time, you deserve death. I'd love to tell y'all I ain't never sinned, but I'd lie to you. There's a bunch of us in here. Every one of us in here deserve death. But because of what Jesus Christ did, you can stand before God holy and blameless. So the question is, who am I? Who is, who is the real Cam? I'll tell you what I am. I'm justified, I'm delivered, I'm redeemed, I'm known, I'm chosen, I'm anointed, I'm healed, I'm whole, I'm lacking nothing, I'm free, and I'm saved. That's more than a mouthful, Mr. Nuffin. And the thing is, y'all, that's not just for me. That's for every single one of us in this room. Like I said, you may have come in with stuff. You may not even know who you are. You may know the idea of who you appear to be and who you want to be in front of a certain people. But y'all, let me tell you something real quick. God can't bless who you pretend to be. He don't want the fake. That mask you put on in the parking lot to come in here with, he can't do nothing with a mask, y'all. But if you ever stop running from God and you just sit there and you turn around and you, and you look him dead in his eye and say, God, this is me. I'm hurting, I'm lost, I'm broken, I need you. And you give him the real you, all of you, he can work with that. He can fix that. He can take that broken situation and make beauty out of it. Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Everything that has happened in your life, however bad it may be, God can use that. To bless somebody else. He can use that to go out and reach somebody else. You know, people who struggle with drugs or different things like that, I can go and talk to those people. But you know, there may be people in here that have certain problems that I've never had before. I can't go out and reach people. But you can. The question is, are you going to give your all to God and quit running and quit trying to play pretend and play dress up? God ain't playing dress up with you. He wants you. No filter. He wants you, authentic you. That's what he can work with. And if you'll ever just stop and realize that and say, God, this is me. I'm tired of the way I'm living. It ain't working out. I want you. I need you in my life. If you'll ever grasp that and stop running and just give it all to him, he will use you in ways you never thought possible. Your testimony doesn't stop the day you get saved. That's when it gets good. That's the good part. Since then, since that day, y'all, God has done so much. I've seen friends accept Jesus Christ. I've seen my brother come back to the foot of the cross. I've seen people healed. 
And it's all because I said, God, I need you. I'm done living for Cam. I'm done chasing the world. And I just want to tell you all now, he wants to bless you. He wants to use you in ways you didn't think were even possible. Because there's something in your life that can reach somebody that no one else can. You know, I was listening to a message the other day, and and Samuel, when, when God called him, he jumps up and he says, Here I am, Lord. I want to have that same kind of just anticipation, just waiting. As soon as he calls on me, here I am. We was at a wedding rehearsal the other day, and the guy that was walking gent, he wasn't there. He had a baseball game or something. So uh, anyway, she was standing there by herself. And I said, here I am. I'll walk with her. I'll be happy to walk with her that now, just do the rehearsal. But I want that same kind of get up and go when God calls me to do something. If it's as simple as praying for somebody, going laying hands on somebody, giving somebody something, whatever it may be, I want to be that quick to jump the gun and answer the call. Here I am, Lord. Send me. And if you're in here today and you're, you're struggling with just your identity, who you are, everybody stand on your feet. If you're struggling with your identity, you're struggling with, with who you are, and, or maybe it's your past that's just weighing you down, you just can't shake it. Yo, I believe that the presence of the Lord is in this place today. And it tells us that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's freedom in this place today. The things that you came in that you were bound with, you don't have to tote out of this building. I'm going to do altar call. If there's somebody here today, I'm going to stand right down here and while, the, while the band plays. I just want to pray with you. If there's some things you need to shake, if there's some things you just want somebody to stand in agreement and pray with you, I'm right here. And I'm not going to leave until the last person is done praying. That's a promise. But real quick, if there's anybody here that's never accepted Jesus Christ before, you've never asked Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, you've never given it all to Christ, if that's you today, shoot a hand up at me. I want to pray with you. Praise God. Praise God. We all got a name in the book. All right. Well, as the band plays, I'm, I'm finna step down. And if you're struggling, if this is just for one person, it's all worth it. But if you're struggling with just your past, if you're struggling with, with the things, the wrongdoings maybe people have done to you and you, you just can't forgive people, you're holding on to things, you got bitterness in your heart, if that's you, just step down here on the front. And I just, just want to pray with you.